Hey everyone. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Hue I Do. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And we have a very special guest on our episode with us tonight. Guest, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on, you guys. My name is Shay M. Lawson. I am an intellectual property attorney based out of Atlanta, and I am also a bride. My wedding date is early September. We'll get into that, but it's early September of 2020. (laughs) Yay! We haven't talked to a bride in a minute. So I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking to like vendor after vendor. Yes. I feel like we have four vendors back to back. Um, Okay. Well, we're going to play a quick little game of this or that, because if we talk about small talk, uh, I mean, I have nothing to say. It's me going to talk about patience. Shay would be the only one to have something interesting to talk about. So we'll just get into a quick round of this or that, and it'll be wedding themed. So each of us will um, have to say basically what they prefer. So starting out with a hotel venue or an outdoor wedding. I'm going to go with the outdoor. No, no, no. I'm going to go with the hotel wedding just because it's going to be hot outside. Well, depending on when you have the wedding but you know but yeah let me stop being complicated I'm gonna just say hotel (laughs) okay Shay what about you I'm gonna be complicated I want an outdoor wedding indoor reception so I like both of them (laughs) I would have picked that too but never mind (laughs) (laughs) okay um and if I were to go, I would say probably a hotel wedding because I don't like being outside. Okay. Inviting over 200 people or inviting under 200 people? My wedding will be small, but in a perfect world, over. <laughs> I'm going to go for over, over 200. Okay. I agree there. Stateside wedding or destination wedding? Ooh destination pick a place oh sorry my bad go ahead oh pick a place Uh, oh oh, man i know that like i saw this on like extreme vacation homes or whatever that there's like an island off the coast of like aruba that's not too far away that you can like rent out for like 14 g's a week or something i would do that so it could just be like a massive private turn up the whole you know wow oh that's a real good one yeah i feel like whatever to me and i would won't even like compare to that no no it no it won't (laughs) i promise you it won't because i was about to say stateside In a perfect world, I would say destination. I have no idea where, but the only reason I say this destination is to cut down on all the family members I would not really want to invite. Not like I don't want to invite them, but like, you know, like the random cousins that you haven't talked to or Mm -hmm. seen in like Mm -hmm. years, like family reunion folks. Like, let's just cut that down. So you're probably not going to fly to wherever. So let's just go there. 
So I mean, okay. I feel like weddings Ooh, should be one. like a family reunion, you know? So mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I disagree <laughs> no, there. Because people gonna come to like nitpick and people gonna be messy. They're gonna be like, Oh, look at that. Exactly. And oh, she shouldn't, and ooh, I could've and you could have stayed your behind at home is what you could have done. <laughs> exactly. And like with family reunions, everybody pitches in usually, or at least my family reunions, everyone has pitched in to pay for like, oh, we're going to this hotel or we're going to do these things at this place. Weddings is like a select group of people that are paying. <laughs> it's not a family thing. It's, yeah. you know, like, no, we're not having everybody pay for this. Yeah, I mean, the family that I would invite, these are family members that I haven't seen, but, like, they're, like, near and dear to my heart. So that's why I say, you know, it's going to be, like, a little family reunion just because, you know, of that. But I'm not just inviting everybody now. But anyways, go to the next one. So now we're done with that quick little round of this or that. And before we get into our episode, we're going to take a quick break for this wonderful ad. So, what are you doing? I know, you're listening to this podcast, and we appreciate you for doing that. However, we need you to do us a little bitty favor. Nothing too super big, but we need you to go to iTunes and tell us if you like us. Tell us how much you like us on a scale from one to five, and give us a good comment. We would love you forever for it. Thanks, boo. And now we are back. (laughs) Let's get into these questions. Okay. Again, we're talking about Shay's wedding. Granted, everybody knows. If If you're listening to this episode, chances are you're stuck in your house. You've been stuck in your house for six, seven weeks at this point, probably. So everybody is aware of Corona and what she's doing to um, everyone out here. But Shay has a more personal story. So, yeah, now we're going to get into, like, the meat of it all. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, why should I keep listening? That's why. So keep listening. Anyway, Tanina, take it. (laughs) All right. So tell us a little bit about you as an attorney. So, yeah, if if you guys are listening and you're like, why should I continue to listen in? Um, the story isn't really just about me. If you're listening to this, hopefully, you know, you are making moves and deciding what you're going to do next with your wedding. And I want to be able to help you. And so I'm an intellectual property attorney and I handle a lot of transactions. So my practice primarily focuses on trademarks, copyrights and contracts for social media influencers and entertainment professionals. I operate a boutique law firm. I am a sole practitioner, so it's just me by myself. And um, I would say on average, the types of clients that I have in the social influence sphere have anywhere from a quarter million or more followers. So in my practice, I help my clients navigate brand deals, endorsement deals, sponsorship deals, of course, on the entertainment side. I am doing record deals, publishing deals, kind of uh, business deals. And, you know, a lot of celebrities get into now investing in businesses and ownership and launching their own businesses and things like that. So I work on both sides. I A, help them protect their brands through trademark and copyright. And then I handle their actual business through um, transactional work and reviewing and drafting and, and modifying contracts. 
you know, so you're doing it out here. Basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> basically. <laughs> right. And I like that. I feel like I haven't really heard of too many attorneys that have clients that are like basically influencers or kind of like in this new entrepreneurial space. So I think that is awesome. Yeah, it's definitely new. And I'd say that how I actually found you guys or how I got tagged to the page is a really good Mm -hmm. friend of mine. I'm originally from Cleveland. So it's a good friend of mine from back home in Ohio. Her name is Kara. Mm -hmm. And she is an influencer in her own right. And so she has like this audience on Twitter. She has um, like a luxury mom audience on Instagram that is literally her audience is luxury moms. Um, And so she posts about, you know, Louis Vuittons and Louis Vuitton and, you know, like all these, you know, kind of luxury things and um, organization and her kids and her lifestyle. And that is how I found you guys. So there's definitely different spheres of influence and what's really cool that I see emerging so I'm really glad that you guys are creating this space is like the black bridal space where it's like as a bride when I went looking for stuff every nothing looked like me or there were a lot of pages for like Nigerian brides and that was all I could go on for like makeup or hairdos or dresses or you know something like that so i'm really excited to be on your platform and talk to other brides of color and all of that jazz awesome thank you we're excited to have you yes yes definitely okay so let's talk about well your husband (laughs) how did y'all meet oh my gosh um so I know if if you are listening to this, you're probably like, didn't didn't she just say her wedding was in September? But they just said her husband. So I just got, if you're listening to this, I got married on March 30th. And last year on March 30th, I went out with a gang of my homeboys. And it was the first hot day in Atlanta. And we were outside kicking it. Like, you know, Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta people like to do. And um, we went to a spot that was super, super crowded and had a bunch of drinks, but we were really hungry and there was no way we were going to be seated soon. So we went to a pizza spot that had just opened up like this part of town that's gentrifying. And so it was equally packed. And um, the only seat available was next to my now husband. And because I was with a bunch of guys, they all let me sit down. So I sat down next to him. Um, our stories diverge after, (laughs) after this, but that is, that is how we met. We met at a pizza shop in Atlanta. I like that. (laughs) I want to know what pizza shop that is. Uh, Amaza on Edgewood, the new, the, the one that just reopened. Okay. Okay. Oh, I have heard of Amaza. Okay. Okay. So how did your husband propose? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he proposed on Labor Day. So a really good friend of mine who actually is um, like a make, she's a professional makeup artist. She does makeup for like the housewives and married to medicine and those shows and things like that. Anyway, her birthday is Labor Day and she is from Trinidad. So every year for her birthday, she has a breakfast party. 
and I went and so this break for those of you who have not been to a breakfast party first of all get you some island friends second of all the party starts at 7 a.m and it's a real party like people are dressed people are drinking the dj is loud there is like it is a legit club at 7 a.m and people are on time for it so so i went to um I went to this breakfast party and I call, you know, I call him and I'm like, can you pick me up? I'm ready to go. And this is like noon. And he's like, well, I'm at a coffee shop and I'm writing. So, um, you know, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to catch a lift and get some food. <laughs> and so I caught a lift to this place that I've been dying to go to over in Atlanta on the Beltline, like this uh, Korean street food place that just opened up. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go because finally it won't be busy. So I go, but gotcha, it was Labor Day, so it was closed. And so I go to another place. And by the time I get to the next place, he hits me up and it's like, hey, did you eat yet? And I'm like, no, I actually just sat down at a restaurant. And he was like, okay, cool. I'm going to swing by and meet you. So, <laughs> so he comes and he meets me there and we eat. And in true fat girl fashion, we're like halfway through eating. And he's like, do you want to get ice cream afterwards? I'm like, absolutely. And, <laughs> and I know this is like, this is so sad. And I'm like, and I know a shortcut to get there. Like we don't even like, I could like, I know I found this new shortcut to the ice cream spot so he's like okay cool so, so we we finish our food we go um to uh, wow and a bit of irony and i hadn't thought about it before that day we ate at a pizza shop too it's called nina and rafi's and so we leave there and and i hate pizza so anyway so we leave there and we're walking on my shortcut to the ice cream place, which is like a cutting through some condos, up some stairs, like across a, wa a water tower and all this other sort of stuff. So we're walking, 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 and I'm just talking. And so then finally, like when we get like close to the ice cream place, um, we're walking on the sidewalk and I'm like, do you know where we are? And he's like, yeah, I know exactly where we are. And I was like, where are we at? And he was like, this is where I said, I love you, which it was like, while we were dating, it was the first place that he said, I love you. And so he was like, this is where I said, I love you. And so he's like, um, actually, this is what I was writing earlier. So he pulls a note from out of his pocket and I start reading it and it's like you know who would have known from a one in a million encounter I would have met a one in a million person and, it. and I mean it's like and I'm like oh my god what what like now mind you I've been at like a breakfast party <laughs> so I'm like what is going I'm sweated out like I look like I'm fresh off the playground my hair frizzy everything I'm like oh my God, like, is this isn't happening right now. I start laughing. And so I'm reading it. And finally, I get to the bottom of the page and it has a little arrow and it says turn over. But when I turned it over, there was nothing on the sheet of paper. And when I looked up, he was already on one knee with, <laughs> with the ring and, and proposed. Oh, oh my gosh. That was like the best story ever. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I mean, our next question is like, did you have any idea he was going to propose? Like, I'm guessing you didn't. 
no no and let me tell y'all how he played a sister so i really had all types of false narratives in my mind about what was going to happen or when it was going to happen but my birthday is in late august and like i'm a big birthday person but he isn't and so he was but he he knows that i'm into birthdays so he kept saying you know what this saturday he's i'm gonna let you have your birthday to do what you want to do but then this and my birthday was on a thursday and he was like but the saturday after your birthday just hold your whole day open and like he told me what to wear he told me to keep my day open so i'm like oh my god this is it <laughs> and he had like the whole day planned from the time i got up he made french toast we went to the art museum we went and got cocktails we went to um a game uh, like a, a joystick game bar which is like a adult arcade we went and had dinner on a rooftop that like overlooked the city at sunset and so like when we get to that restaurant um, we pull up for the valet. All of a sudden, he hands the valet the keys to his car. I walk around to the front. He has flowers in his hand. Like, what? I've been with you all day. Like, where did you, where did this, like, where did this appear from? Like, we get to the front of the restaurant and they're like, oh, Mr. McKinley, we've been waiting for you. Like, they take us upstairs. We get, like, prime real estate overlooking the city. As soon as we sit down, somebody brings us glasses of champagne. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is it. Gotcha. We went home and Netflix. Like, ain't nothing <laughs> No. <laughs> well, no. that's such a beautiful day, but I would be yeah, so it was the best hurt. Day ever. Like, okay, wait, wait. So no. going back to when he actually proposed, like that was what, like a week or two later? Yeah, it was like two weeks later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! But he knew he knew what he was doing. Like. Yeah. You knew exactly what you were thinking. He yeah. was setting you up for the okie doke. Like, you Ooh, like, oh oh my God. where the camera's at, you know, like, yep. it's a recording. And like, ready. Like, yes, <laughs> because the way they sat me, they sat him facing the door and they sat me overlooking the city. So I could not see what was happening behind me in the restaurant. So I was like, oh, my God, he's organizing people behind me. No. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait, okay. Um, so I got wait, I have one question though. Um, so it took him six months to propose? Mm-hmm. Girl. When you know, you know. That is yes. correct. Oh, he knew. He wasn't playing with me from day one. Like was not no. was not playing. Like, um, so when we met at the pizza place, this is where I say our stories diverge. So when we met at the pizza place, all it was a bunch of you know, it was not us. It was not us there. But then I told you I was with a mm-hmm. huge group of people. So when we came, it got real black real fast. And so <laughs> and so we overtook the pizza bar. So how I actually ended up getting into conversation with them is because I was ear hustling a conversation with him and his homeboy they were sitting there having drinks this is saturday they were sitting there having a beer and they were talking about how excited they were that their homeboy was having a baby and i'm like two black men at a bar on a saturday night talking about it they excited their friend is having a baby you know right and so my husband then goes to the bathroom and i leaned over to his friend and i was like yo i gotta admit i was listening to your conversation i think that that's super dope you know do you have kids 
um, he and I get into a conversation. And so then my husband comes back out and like joins the conversation. It turns into like this entire bar. You know how black people are. Black people can't wait to join a conversation. It turns into like a bar wide conversation about like relationships and marriage and about whether or not that was still important in today's day and age, next Y and Z. And so I was like, you know what? You know, at this day and age, like I'm 35, I am only dating with intention and purpose. I'm no longer dating potential. At the moment that I realize that it's a red flag, that things aren't in order, like I'm moving on. Like that's just it. And so he chimes, you know, he chimes in at a certain point and he's just giving his, you know, his perspective on stuff. It's a big conversation. And he's like, you know, I just, I just recently had a conversation with God and I, I prayed for a good black woman in my life. So then, come on now. <laughs> when yes, we, come on. So we go on a, a first date. At the end of the first date, he's like, um, I'm fast forwarding. So at the end of the first date, he's like, this is really cool. We should keep doing this. And I'm like, all right, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And so then on the second date, he's like, you know, I told you that I, I enjoy myself and we should keep doing this, but I don't think you understood me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, let me listen in more intently. And he was like, you know, I heard you at the bar when you said that you were only dating with intention and purpose and I was serious about the fact that I had prayed for a good black woman and I don't know if that's you but I'm serious about dating you with intention and purpose to find out so he got friends he got friends I mean not for me I'm just asking for my other friends because you know I got some good you know some good man like, that is so rare. That's so sad that that is so rare. That's what I tell him that all the time. I'm like, you are a unicorn. I tell him that all the time. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Who are you? And I'm like, no, this is the experience of Black women. Like, we went somewhere and there were a bunch of Black women. And he was like, wow, all these women are really beautiful. Like, they're really, um, he was like, they're all professional women. I said, yeah, like, that's a judge right there. That's a lawyer. That's a doctor. He was like, but they're all single. And I was like, yes, that's what I keep trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's hard out here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Very, very hard. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, wait. That's why I pray so, for I'm that sorry, Sierra prayer. <laughs> right. <laughs> I prayed hard and he came to me. He found me, so. <laughs> See? But yeah, anyways, um, okay. okay. Have a very it's a um, a piggyback or a spinoff question to the proposal question. Did y'all make it to the ice cream place? <laughs> we did, but because it was Labor Day, it was closed. Uh, hey, what was the ice cream place? I'm just curious. We're in uh, Atlanta too, so. Oh, okay, Jake's, Jake's, right there on the Beltline. Oh, yes, Jake's is good. Yeah, I've so ordered we, that. We I've still, never been inside, but I've ordered it before. Okay, so we still have never gone in there, and because it was closed, we ended up going over to Crog Street Market, and we went to Jenny's. We got some ice cream from Jenny's. Okay. okay. Yeah, because that is, too. like, around the corner from Crog Street. Okay. I was wondering if it was queen or cream. Oh, no. That's just, Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so now, like, you're engaged and you are planning your wedding. What due diligence did you do when you were, like, selecting your venue? I will tell you that 
I I went to Hampton University, um, and a lot of my friends are in various industries that were related. So a top priority for me was to support as many people as I actually knew. Like if I could have had an all Hampton wedding, <laughs> like I would have, you know. So um, that was first and foremost that I wanted to support my friends. I didn't ask for a discount. I wanted to, you know, if there was somebody I was going to give my money and trust my special day to, it was people that I personally knew. And so the only like kind of outside things that I really needed were a venue. And so I searched for a venue on Here Comes the Guide. And then when I looked, I looked at uh, some of the due diligence that I did was I looked at the reviews on Here Comes the Guide. I looked at the Google reviews and I looked at um, the Better Business Bureau reviews. And then I also checked like hashtags and I checked the comments of their social media as well. Um, so if there were people who did not have a social media presence, I was sketched out or if nobody had tagged them or anything as a vendor, cause I feel like brides are pretty good about tagging their vendors. I went ahead and passed on it. Like if I could not find somebody who was reputable that way, I did the same thing when I was looking for my gown and I got some 2020 hindsight on that. But anyway, I ended up buying a gown that was off the rack and black women helped me select my dress and then sent me to the person who cleaned my dress because it was off the rack. And this person has done like preservation and restoration for like stuff for the Vatican and Titanic and stuff like that. And then um, he then referred me to the person who did my alterations. And it's like this old Jamaican woman and her family. And she, you know, snatched me up real good, real fast and did not beat me over the head price wise. And so I'd say a lot of the due diligence on the very front end has nothing to do with actual contracts and everything to do with feel because for your wedding, a lot of it is feel and fit. And I'm talking about emotional feel and fit of like who is going to understand and listen to what it is that you want and look to see if you have it. Don't walk into somewhere blind because that's where you're going to realize like, oh, they didn't have this and I was looking for that or blah, blah, blah. And that's very true. I think sometimes, you know, like you want to think very like logistically or, you know, you want to kind of like have a mental checklist of things but sometimes it does really just boil down to like how did that experience make you feel how did that person make you feel when you were talking to them and that's why sometimes especially in the wedding industry I feel like you have to capitalize off like the the humanized elements of things like you have to be touchy-feely you have to like check in on your your couples or whatever because that's the stuff that we care about like this yeah, is a very it, it matters um, like and i'll say it matters moment, to yeah. me like down to like the intake like how how are you when i call you on the phone do you force me to yeah. do some online form and you won't talk to me until then um 
is the first question you ask me, what is my budget? So before you hear anything else, if the first question you ask <laughs> right. me is what is my budget? In my mind, especially being a black person, that makes me feel like you're saying you might not have enough money for me. So let me find out if it's worth talking to you. Nothing turns me off quicker than if you do that. Don't count my coins. Exactly. I noticed a few a few vendors as well, like when I was kind of going through that process, looking at their form, like one of the first questions on the form would be like, so what's your budget? And I'm thinking, I don't know, like I'm still figuring everything out. Like, Thank you. What are we talking about? Like, but tell me what your you're ranges saying, are. Tell me what your ranges are. Yeah. Or like, even I've been where, you know, the shop and they're like, we have dresses between this price and this price and this price and this price. And here's the real catch. Like, I have a friend who got married not long ago. She saw a dress that was substantively out of her price range. But you don't know what that person's parents, what their bridesmaids might get together and be like, you know what? Our friend fell in love with this dress. Can everybody pitch in $200 to get it for? And so if you as a vendor now sell yourself short because this is out of a bride's price range and, oh, I don't want to put her in a dress and make her fall in love and she can't afford it. You don't know her village. You don't know her tribe. You don't know her God. It might happen. Exactly. Exactly. I also want to circle back real quick. I'm definitely going to tell my mom that you are a Hampton alum because she is too. And she's <laughs> just going to like, she's just going to be excited based off that period. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be like the real HU. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I wanted to say that in the beginning, but I was like, nah, that's going to be like no, lame of me to say that. It's always <laughs> answered this question in the beginning um but but our next question was when were you supposed to get married but i know you said in september no i was supposed to get married on march 30th i was supposed to get i got married on the day that i was supposed to get married but our you know what i mean like we've pushed our ceremony and everything so gotcha. we will just redo our formal ceremony we'll do it all the way it was originally supposed to but we got married with the pastor on monday just because the date held significance because that is the day that we met and we just wanted to keep to that date that we had chosen so it really came down to the line for us with corona because i just feel like everything just hit at the like the middle of march like it was really just like oh yeah. this is yeah. something going on everywhere else in the world but here boom america got you stay home and it all just literally happened in like a few days time so we went from like oh we'll ride it out uh, well, you know, that was when they were like, oh, no gatherings more than 500. We like, cool. No gatherings more than 250. Cool. And then it was just like every time it something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, about the 13th or 14th, we, when they finally said no gatherings over 50, we were like, all right, like we, we got to call it a day. Like we got to postpone. Wow. How, how was that emotionally for you? Like, because <laughs> oh. I've heard about some brides that were like, just like, because we talked to several vendors a few weeks ago, just to kind of see like, how are they doing? What should brides know? Things like that. And some of them were like, my bride basically cried all day. But then after kind of getting through the like morning of her wedding day, 
then we were able to like go from there and like make steps and you know adjust to do things like that no you know what i think it is probably like a little bit of the lawyer in me that like i didn't have a total like physical breakdown like i had moments where i was really sad i had moments where i maybe briefly cried but there was no day where i was just like this is it i'm not getting up you know or or something like that like it really really sucked like you know what i mean there's no two ways around it but in the midst of doing that it was like in the literally in the same day that i postponed my wedding I postponed a sorority event that I had been planning for six months that we had like over 300 people registered for. And then I helped a client of mine write a postponement email for a spring tour that basically had sold out dates. So I, it just mm-hmm. hit me in every aspect of my life where I really didn't even have time to truly break down because I needed to find appropriate professional wording and wording for my sorority and all of that to back to back to back mm-hmm. cancel all of these things. So when I sent that initial email letting, you know, my guests and stuff know, it was just kind of rank and file of like uh, just checking another thing you know, off, off the list. But I mean, it's, it's hard. I would say something that I would in the kind of aftermath of that is number one, my vendors did reach out and that was really awesome and just reaffirmed them to me as vendors where they were like, Hey, I know there's a lot of craziness going on. They were proactive. They were like, I know there's a lot of craziness going on. If you need to postpone or, you know, just let me know what's going on and I'll work with you. And then number two, when my husband and I finally sat down to decide what we were going to do, we really focused on what were the feelings and intentions that were important to us and how could we maintain and recreate them even though it was on another day. And so I think that those are kind of like the main things that help you through and you do have to mourn the loss. Nothing will replace that expectation, but you know, you want to bring it as close to those original feelings and intentional intentions and values that you had in the first place. Gotcha. So it was kind of like business as usual. Let's just keep it moving. Okay. Quick piggyback off that. So where, like when in September, is it like towards the beginning of the month, kind of like closer to Labor Day or? Yeah. So we're trying to lock in labor. Yeah. We're trying to lock in Labor Day and it's a really similar situation um, as Tania was saying in the beginning of like, I actually come from a very large family. My mom is one of 15. My dad is one of seven. So I have a huge, huge family and just like fiscally that ain't it. And you know what I mean? Like I got friends from undergrad. I got friends from grad school. I got friends from high school, sorority, all of that. And so just trying to make that happen with a just like one single thing won't work. So what we're trying to do is plan like maybe some kind of like barbecue celebration with like friends and extended family and then do the actual ceremony with our um, families and close friends. And so we're trying to figure out the logistics of that right now. We've, we've rebooked our venue for the actual ceremony, but have not secured like the barbecue celebration space yet. Okay. Well, that's good that at least you have the venue. I feel like that's probably the the biggest thing (laughs) to kind of worry about. I feel like probably the other vendors is just more of, are you available on this day? Yeah. 
Yeah, that I mean, that was the biggest thing. And that was, I think, when I was originally talking to you, actually, and I was talking about like the contract and stuff like that was really it where I was like, I don't want yeah. um, the way that my venue initially approached me was like, you have to do this and you have to do that. This is what your original contract said. And I'm like, <laughs> let me tell you what the contract said, you know? And so, um, it, it, you know, and it, it all went well And the, you know, the person in our venue is a dream. I will say that she is absolutely a dream, but it was really just, un, you know, clearly understanding, like, I love you. I love this venue, but I also know my rights. Like, let me tell you what we actually agreed to. Here it is in the contract. And so you do want to make Make sure that when you're the things that you are paying the largest amount of money, take the time to read <laughs> those agreements and and go back and forth. Like, uh, what is it? A closed mouth doesn't get fed. And so sometimes when somebody's right. handing you a form, you feel like you can't change anything. No, like literally go back and it's like, hey, can we change this? Can we adjust that? Can X, Y, and Z? And so we went back and forth and negotiated on several terms and ended up, you know, coming to a space where we were both happy. And, you know, the thing is, is that at the end of the day, your vendors still want your business and you still want to have a wedding. So you can come to the middle without feeling like you got taken advantage of. And I think that that's something that brides should really know and understand, but you don't have to be a bridezilla in the process either. <laughs> 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 so basically what you're saying is hire a lawyer in the time period to review the contracts <laughs> no 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 i don't think that of all the things that you were paying for for a wedding no i don't think you should hire a lawyer to review your venue contracts but you do like i know i think we're i'm skipping ahead in the questions but some of the things that you do want to focus on are like what is the deposit schedule? What does the deposit give you? What doesn't it give you? I need to be crystal clear on, do I get chairs or no? You don't want to pay $14,000 for a room only to find out that you still need to pay $3 per chair. So like literally when you are envisioning everything in your room, you need to ask whether that is included or whether you need to pay for it. Because in the wedding industry, you are paying for everything down to the napkin, the silverware, the glass. So don't assume, do not make any assumptions as a bride. Ask what all is included, what is not included, what is extra, what does my deposit cover? Should I need to change and change my mind? And a lot of brides do change their mind. Like, um, is there a return of deposit or does it dwindle? Like, you know, where it's like, okay, a hundred days out, you can get 50%, 200 days out, you can get 75%. You want to understand those refund policies. You want to understand your deposit policies. You want to understand what your extras are. Are you paying, um, does this, is the price that they are quoting you inclusive of gratuity and tax? Because you don't want to get blown away by that in the end. You want to know about your cancellation Mm -hmm. policies. You want to know your amendments. So a lot of times in the wedding industry, um, because things have to be ordered and set up so far ahead of time, that once you agree to something, they put those wheels in motion. So now if you change your mind about your theme or what you want or X, Y, and Z, and you have to change like, hey, you know what? I want this instead of that. Will there now be another fee to stop 
the process of this and change it again like a, it's called a change order fee so you know what i mean like you those are things that i would tell every bride to look for so again it is refund deposit cancellation gratuities and service fees a la carte fees and change order fees Whew. it's a lot yeah, but it's needed i mean <laughs> yes yes because you know they'll get you they'll get you they'll they be like will. oh these napkins weren't included i'm sorry sweetheart these chargers were three dollars each like you know they will they will get you mm -hmm. they really will in the like most minuscule detail of the day that thing adds up because it's probably the one thing that's like per guest you know, like, mm -hmm. like you're mentioning chargers. You're, nobody's thinking of chargers in the grand scheme of a wedding day. Like when you think of what your wedding day looks like, you are not thinking about flatware. <laughs> like you are not thinking about chargers. Yeah. You're not thinking about little stuff like that. You might be thinking about centerpieces. You might think about table linens. Might. Yeah. But yeah, those costs add up. I know the, my venue has a, thing in their contract where the catering company has to break down, has to set up and break down the tables and chairs. And every catering company that I would talk to when I was kind of trying to figure out who was going to cater the wedding, they're all like, um, set up. we do food. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that. It will be extra for you to do that. So it's like, you have to make sure or at least have a planner that can like be cognizant of those gaps because then the day comes and you're like, well, I have a caterer. I have a caterer. And then I have a venue. Well, who's setting these chairs up? And then someone has to do it at that point. Your planner is not going to do it. Like your caterer is looking like, well, we didn't include that in our contract. So yeah. Mm, like that's, those are types of things you want to know. I would also say time. So you want to know, especially in this, this hops to your videographers and your photographers and also your venue. Like when you're booking something for four hours, is that four hours of an event or does that mean you get two hours for an event and one hour for takedown and one hour for a setup? You know, like you really want to, when you are buying something by the hour, you want to understand what's included in those hours. And so I would say the same thing for your photographer, your videographer, you know, you need to understand that they need enough time to arrive to set up shots to see the area like all of that sort of stuff that is going to take a bit of extra time and you would hate to book let's just say that you have like a 10 a.m wedding and a, a noon reception that ends at i don't know a noon reception that ends at like three or something like that but you've now only booked a photographer for four hours. Well, now he's gone in the middle of your reception because by the time he took pictures of you getting dressed and the first look and then the actual wedding and then the family pictures in between, and now you've just now gotten to the beginning of the reception and you don't have no pictures from like the actual party and turn up or none of that because you only booked them for four hours. So you really want to kind of just logistically think out your whole day you know for that it's a lot you're so overwhelmed yes and i'm not even getting married anytime soon so <laughs> i see the overwhelm on your face do you have a coordinator wait me 
Yeah. No, I'm not even engaged. She's yet. not engaged. <laughs> no. She's not engaged. She's just processing all this information for when that time comes. Oh, okay. I'm getting well, married girl, in October. Start your Pinterest page now. <laughs> Right. I tell her every week. I'm like, it's never yeah. too early to start your Pinterest page. Start now. Yes. Start yeah, she now. told me like I think like two weeks ago to just go ahead and start buying stuff. You know, whenever we can. Yeah, know? if you want to, because no no vendor cares if you're engaged or not. Your money reads the same way. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> just as long as you and him are like on the same page that uh, at this time in life that, you know, y'all are going to get married, then who cares how, what happens in between? Yeah. There's a bunch of articles about that too, of people like planning their weddings prior to being engaged. So like, I'd say definitely like look it up. Like it's not a uncommon thing right now. You know, we went to go look at rings like a couple weeks ago before, you know, the whole shutdown. So, you know, I kind of feel like, you know, it's in the works, you know, so I'm almost there. But yes, but I definitely, I have definitely taken everyone's advice. And I mean, definitely on this episode, when I go back to edit, I will have my pen and my paper <laughs> and I'll like, write down everything because you're giving some real good advice right now. So I appreciate you for that. Um, I don't think we asked this question, but how many people did you invite to the wedding? Um, funny you ask. We originally wanted 50. We ended up inviting 75 and in the end ended up with like 67. Wow. That's a good amount. That that wasn't too far over. But that was a lot of tough conversations, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of, um, that ain't for the faint of heart. So you need to be emotionally ready to have some some courageous just conversations to explain to people why um, they're not invited. And that's also why we also were trying to um, do multiple celebrations so everybody would have an opportunity to celebrate with us in some shape, form, or fashion. Gotcha. Yeah, Yeah. I was not expecting those numbers, especially since you said, like, your mom is, like, one of 15, and then, like, your father is, like, one of Seven, yeah. Seven. Courageous yeah. I like conversation. Yeah, because I like that. Um, talk about husbands um, and then children and no cousins and then, ain't no and, nah. Yeah. Are you having kids at the wedding? What that? No. Oh no. No, I felt like I could have told you that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe <laughs> one or two. Do I, mean... I strike you as the kind of person? Like, no. <laughs> But, like, just based off of, like, y'all's courtship to, like, how he proposed to just kind of, like, the maturity of, like, both of you, just from, like, what I've gleaned from this conversation, what we, you know, like, little conversation we had on Instagram before this, I I can see a very intimate wedding. Like, that seems like you, you're really intentional about, like, the people that are in your like circle and that not everybody should basically have access to this moment because it's Uh, so special and it's so intimate and it's so like Yes, yes, that's it. So I yeah. Like weddings have become like a spectacle. 
And people forget like the spiritual significance of like, I am coming into a covenant with God, a covering with God and the people that are here, you are actually entering this covenant with me because I'm asking you to help me uphold this promise that I have made. And you know, some of the top advice that you always get that you will always hear is that you don't let everybody in your relationship, you don't tell everybody your business, everybody should not be privy to that nucleus that you guys are creating. And so it was really important that the people that we invited to the ceremony were the people that were a part of that nucleus, that I'm going to call you and ask you for advice. Like, how can I be a better wife? How can I step up to the plate here? I'm really struggling with this. Can you give me, I don't want you just here to talk about what the food was or was the open bar popping or blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't just want you here as a spectator. I am bringing you in into this covenant with me. I can celebrate, I'm marrying this man for the rest of my life. Like this is a lifetime deal, right? I can celebrate with you whenever, wherever. We can always celebrate. But as far as the actual ceremony and the marriage, like, yeah, we wanna be intentional about who who's a part of that and who we're bringing into that covenant. What is it, skin folk and kin folk? Ain't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how you were still everyone by doing like a barbecue you know or like another function um granted that's more money but you know but that's the time to do it and it's cheaper than a wedding and people are just happy for you you know some people are just genuinely happy for you and it's like yeah let's turn up let's get it popping they just just want to celebrate with you yeah yeah People get so caught up, I think, sometimes, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Like, with social media, you kind of think you have to do things a certain way. Like, you don't have to have everybody at this thing. Like, um, like if people are just genuinely happy for you, they will be happy to celebrate with you no matter how you do it. Yeah, whether they invite you, like whether you invite them or not, like the, honestly, the real ones are like, look, yep. if you can't invite me. I understand because I know how expensive weddings are. This, that, and other. Yep. You don't have to have a ceremony. You don't have to put on a gown to celebrate a union. Like you were yep. saying, you can have a barbecue. You can have a brunch. You can rent out a restaurant. Like you don't have to. You can go on a vacation. Like you don't yep. have to do it in this way with like these big centerpieces and like the, you know, like mm-hmm. you're saying the decorative uh, like dance floors and like the, you don't have to do all of that stuff. Like it's nice if that's you, but you don't have to do that to celebrate the union. And like, yeah, I basically agree with you. Cause it's also, especially when you have like big families sometimes and people do want to feel included sometimes they don't understand, but it's like, I'm still inviting you to something. So like, if you have hurt feelings about that at the end of the day, that's on you. Like you have done yeah, your, your part. Heart, your heart's what? not in the right. That tells me your heart's not in the right place. Just like you said, like at the end of the day, if people want to celebrate with you, they will be happy to celebrate no matter what. Like I have, I have friends that once I explain, and I mean, these are good friends that I had conversations with and I was like, Hey, this is how we're doing things. Like, you're more than welcome to kind of this, but we're keeping this small. And they're like, listen, I'm just happy for you. You sh- you tell me where to show up and I'm going to be there because I'm just happy for you. Exactly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that just tells you, I think um, a lot of friendships are made and broken over weddings, unfortunately. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'd say mental, you know, mentally prepare yourself for that as well. To me, 
Tania <laughs> got. Tania call everybody her friend. Not, no, I don't. No, I, mean, I do. I do. Everybody, my friend. I got a million friends. But well, can we be? Well, can we be <laughs> friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do have you know my close friends, you know, and then I have like my associates. And you, you have know, a lot of still, close friends. Yeah, I do have a lot of I close do. friends. I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. My fiance, well, see, not my fiance. My husband says that all the time. Like, he's like, it blows my mind how many people you keep in touch with, how many people are your good friends. And they are. Like, they are genuinely where I'm yes. like, man, I, I went through this with this person. I went through that with this person. Like, yeah, like, I do have a lot of very, very close connections. Same so here. I, so I definitely get it. And people um, have different expectations. You know, like, I, I... And that's why I say, like, you got to have, like, some courageous conversations and set expectations. And and I think that that's, that's really difficult because people, to your point about unsolicited advice, people have a lot of unsolicited expectations for your wedding. They forget that it is your wedding and they want this and they're expecting this. And it's like, but hold up, playboy, because this is my wedding. <laughs> right. Yep. I have so many people, I'm not going to say friends, but I do have so many people um, that are like, ooh, I'm going to get an invite to your wedding, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, I mean, but in my head, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man. <laughs> not happening. Not that cool. <laughs> not happening. And no. probably more so with your current relationship, I feel like you are now more private. So I could, I could definitely see that. I was messing with you. You know this. Yeah. But, but I mean, even like, even that, I will say that like the whole time that I was dating my husband and even after we got engaged, I did not post it on social media. So we got engaged in September. We got engaged in September and I didn't post about it until November. I didn't post about it till Thanksgiving. And you know what I mean? And that was literally the first time I posted him on my timeline period. And there were so many people who had comments you know, about like my friends, well, when are you going to post it? Cause I want to post it. I don't care what you trying to do. Like, this is right. my, this yeah. is my life. And like so many people get invested in stuff in social media and that's where people get in your business. Mm-hmm. They add their two cents. And like, sometimes it's like, you got to have something for yourself. Something can be real and not be on social media. Like mm-hmm. everything is not made for the public. Everything is not made. The things that are closest to your heart, the things you guard with your heart. Like I don't have my niece on my social media. I don't have my godson on my social media. Like the things that I hold close to my heart are not out for public consumption, you know? And so right. I just feel like a lot of times people try to force your hand based on the things that they want things that they would do and sometimes you do feel guilty like am I doing something wrong should I be doing this and it's just like you really just got to make decisions for yourself and do stuff you know in in your own timing like I um I did an interview the other day and the they took pictures from off my social media and the picture that they took from my social media was the picture of me and my husband and now he's in this article for this thing that he didn't sign up for that he didn't you know he wasn't a part of and I have to think about things like that when you publicly post stuff Mm. wow I didn't even like think of it in that 
aspect. The digital front footprint of things. Yeah. I remember going to a workshop about that some years ago, but it was more kind of centered around like your child. So kind of thinking about like the second Predators. you post your child. Yeah. Seriously. If it was like the second you post your child online, your child had no social presence at all. But you posted to your kids. So now your child is online. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take it back because even if you delete it, you know, it's, your child is still out there. Um, and so you have to just think about that when you like speak about your child, when you write about your child, when you post about anything. But that goes with anything, not just your child, but anything, like you said, that you hold near and dear to you. The second you put it out there, it is out there. You cannot take it back. It has been cash. And that's something to also or, consider or when you, that's something for brides to consider. I'm going to have to hop off soon, y'all. But like, um, that's something <laughs> for brides to consider as well um, on their website, on their wedding website. So something that I do all the time, like with my clients or if I have court cases or if an opposing attorney messages me and I don't know them and I don't have a rapport with them, the first thing that I do is Google. And a lot of times the first thing that comes up is their wedding website. And I'm clicking. And so now I've read some really embarrassing how we first met story or some quirky thing you wrote about a bridesmaid. So you made it, you made a choice for somebody else that Tania is my, you know, bridesmaid. And I wrote about how crazy she was in college and the crazy stuff we used to do. And that's why she's my bridesmaid. So you made that choice for me. It was on a personal site, but now as soon as I Google you, this person's wedding website, pops up so you always want to be cognizant about stuff like that like my wedding website is very nondescript like when I have things up it is like if this were to travel somewhere what would I say in response how do I feel about this being out mm-hmm. Ooh, great information Ugh. yeah wedding websites have the best SEO on earth so like that's <laughs> yes, probably gonna show up right I would say it's normally somebody's Facebook page their LinkedIn page and then their wedding website is like the third Google result that is very true mm. and, yeah so are you working with like a planner or a coordinator or are you just doing this yourself I am doing this myself because I'm too much of a control freak. Um, And there's that. And I have a really good friend of mine who is um, entertainment manager at a large, you know, like um, amusement park that I shall not name. And, (laughs) um, And she has agreed to be my day of coordinator. So because she manages entertainment for like one of the biggest, you know, parks in the world, I trust she can execute you know the the day of a wedding but other than that like yeah I just I'd rather execute the details on my own and save the money and I've also been like really disappointed I have been in a million weddings I feel like I've been in a million weddings and like I have just seen some really trash coordinators I have seen some really trash coordinators where I'm like (laughs) what were you paying for what are you here Mm, yeah (laughs) actually I'm laughing but I I just remembered a wedding where yes yeah I Mm -hmm. agree Everybody and their mama might call themselves a planner or a coordinator, but no, no, no. But the fact that like, you're able why, to why that. are you taking pictures on your smartphone during the anyway? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the fact that you were able to 
coordinate or not coordinate, but to plan your whole wedding and then have someone in place, like that speaks volumes to me because I am such a frugal person. So like you're saving coins and you have friends in high places who can, you know, pretty much run the day. I'm all like, yes, yes. <laughs> you know what? For one of the other weddings that I was in, um, I was talking to her and she was like, you know what? If there is ever a time in your life that you should call in favors, like now should be it. Like your wedding should be it. This is the time that you should utilize your network, you know? And so I've been a part of bridal parties where we literally put together programs. Like we sat at somebody's house, you know, for a weekend and like glued together all the programs and all this other sort of stuff mm -hmm. because they were saving money. So I just think that people, brides, or, you know, I would say brides and grooms need to be wise and utilize their village because you would be surprised what people are willing you know, are willing to do. And it's not always about putting together the bomb bachelorette and the Instagram ready bride tribe crap. You know, like a lot of times it's like, hey, I'm trying to say these points. Help me make this decor. Help me put together my invites. Help me do so-and-so. And it gives you an opportunity to spend quality time, do something that's memorable, and you're saving money, you know, in the interim. Nice. Mm -hmm. Did your vendors make it easy for you to reschedule your wedding? Yeah. So just like I said, they were all pretty proactive. Like once everything with coronavirus hit, they, a lot of them reached out to me before I could even reach out to them to say, hey, we know everything is crazy. Should you need to change your dates? You know, let me know. My husband booked the videographer, the same thing. He reached out to him before we even reached out to him and was like, hey, let me know, you know, for the dates. Um, just like I said, with the venue, even though, you know, we kind of had that back and forth about the contract. They were very accommodating, like, hey, call me on my cell phone. I want to work this out for you. Let's see if we could do this or that. Like, I would say from beginning to end, everybody, literally, like, my florist, um, oh, look, I have the flowers right here. My florist. So um, pretty delivered oh. hand delivered these on Sunday to me you know wow. like you know so just like out of kindness so you know I just I I definitely would say that the vendors that I worked with did make it very easy to reschedule and were very proactive they didn't leave they didn't leave me to guess for anything where it was like hey I still want to work with you let me know what you're doing gotcha you had a really good group <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully like you um are able to tell us who your vendors were because um yeah. is it time for vendor shout out is it no time? no oh, not yet oh. not yet not yet <laughs> but i'm just like, I need, the gun. No, like no but i'm just like i need to know who, you know who your people are because i mean <laughs> a lot of brides don't have your story you know oh wow so, that's true wow i have heard about um crazy yeah, because I heard about, like, in the last few weeks, two things. So, brides being very emotional with, like, the, like, all the news that was hitting kind of, like, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I guess, at this point, mm -hmm. where, like, every day something was changing in the, like, the, you know, like you were saying, 500 people, then 250 people, then 100, then 50, then 10, like, all of that happened, I think, within the span of, like, less than a week. Yep. And so a lot of brides were hearing that information, and they were calling venues straight. And some of their planners were saying, like, 
uh-uh, like take a step back, let them reach out to you because at this point they don't feel like they still feel like it's business as usual. So let them come to you basically. And because at that point you don't really have to like change or like maybe have a cancellation or a postponement fee because they came to you for it. Um, but if you go to an emotional crying, yeah, they'll move your date, but you'll probably have to come up with like $500 oh, or 250 or a thousand depending. And they're like some of these vendors that were, like my videographer posted on his Insta story sometime last week about some videographer that like, I guess there was supposed to be a wedding like last weekend and the videographer was basically like, yeah, you know, like, Oh, okay. You're postponing it. Well, yeah, you got to pay me like basically $500 to like be your vendor when you, yeah. On your new date. And it's like, I didn't choose this. Like nobody, this is different than just even like a, an act of God. Like nobody planned for coronavirus to strike America during this time frame. Like, why are you being less than compassionate at this point? So yeah, you definitely like had the, the right vendors because some of these vendors are just being trash talking about like yeah pay me to move wow. you ain't working this date period and, and like, no see and, and that's the thing I, I oh I, I got two points because I don't think we talked about one mm-hmm. thing so number one I'd say um whoever it was yeah don't don't go and call and cry and x y and z just like i said look at the paperwork you spend too much money to be crying like this ain't your parents like you know what i mean like crying ain't gonna get you what you want like this is a business like go and look at your paperwork and the thing that you need to look for especially if your city has the issue like a shelter in place order um and shut down businesses and like banned gatherings then you should look in your contract for what's called the force majeure clause and it's normally like at the bottom and all that like legal speak like right before you sign where it's like jurisdiction and severability and modification you'll see all this crap that you never read through at the bottom of a contract one of those paragraphs most likely says force majeure and force majeure it means that if there is an act that's bigger than you a bigger force than you such as god government or health regulation that makes the execution of this contract impossible you may terminate and so you want to look through your contracts to see if there is a clause and hit them with a per agreement on page six, section seven. It says, blah, blah, blah. I have attached the executive order from the governor of the shelter in place. Therefore, <laughs> this is what I'm looking for from you. <laughs> like, you know, like, don't, don't take advantage of a bad situation. Just like I said, at the end of the day, we're brides. We still want to have our wedding and you are running a small business as a vendor most likely and you still want these coins so let's try to make a way to make it work but don't bully me as a bribe because this is something emotional you know that's happening to me and so then the other question that you guys had um given me was like would you do business with a vendor who doesn't have a contract and i would just say no um like i i just like i told you like my vendors were my friends these are people that i have known since i was 17 18 i went to college when i was 17 17 years old guess what i got a contract from everybody 
I paid everybody. Like, you know, so there wasn't anybody I didn't do business with. I want to take you serious. Just because you're my friend doesn't mean I'm not taking your business serious. I want to handle business as business. If you have a deposit due, the deposit is due. If you make other people sign contracts, I want to sign the contract too. You know, there, I just don't, I think it's a recipe for disaster. I always tell people in my legal things that if it's enough money to be mad about, you need a contract, get it in writing. And 90% of the time for a wedding, it's going to be enough money to be mad about. So get it in writing. If somebody tells you, oh, but I got an invoice and no, an invoice isn't good enough. You need an agreement that outlines all those different things that I talked about earlier in the episode. It's good to know a lawyer. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who would have known of that clause? You know, like the fact that, you know, like people are getting bullied by these companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, yo, c- can they actually do this? Because I wouldn't have known. I mean, mm. I mean, yeah, I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. I would have probably just skipped right on over. Okay, where do I sign? I've read everything <laughs> else. But, you know, like for me to actually like, okay, what is this? phrase mean like like i would have never looked that up so yeah so i appreciate you giving us all all this good um good advice and this good knowledge so i will look i will also say this that um if you Mm -hmm. are listening to the (laughs) the you i do (laughs) podcast and you are listening to this episode this is not individualized legal advice you listening to this does not create an attorney client privilege and this does not guarantee suitability for every individual circumstance and does not replace you getting individualized legal advice for your specific scenario all right thank you for throwing that clause in there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like what you're not gonna do is <laughs> try to take this podcast because right. yeah. my lawyer said and it's like whoa sis you just heard me on the podcast we don't even know right. each other in real life i don't even know your name too <laughs> we are not friends like like you didn't uh oh my God. the invoice thank you <laughs> <laughs> So you kind of like touched on this though with like the photographer and the videographer but like are there anything else with say any other type of vendors that people or brides or grooms should be really cognizant about when they're reviewing their contracts so like say the caterer is there something they should be Um, looking for there um no, I, not really. I'll say for my specific wedding, my venue was a, is a resort. So they are providing the food um, in a bit of irony. My first chefs as, or my first clients as an entertainment lawyer um, were chefs that were on Fox's Hell's Kitchen and like celebrity chefs and stuff like that. And so they do like private catering and events like that. So I'm kind of familiar with the agreement. And the only things that we really focus on are again, um, arrival, what are their needs as the caterer? Do they, do they require some kind of kitchen access or, or grade of, you know, um, voltage or electricity to make sure that their burners or warmers or heaters, like what are they bringing? Are they literally just dropping off food or are they going to serve it too? Are they bringing heaters and sternos or do you need that? Um, is there some additional fee to have um, actual chef attendants? Are they accounting for um, allergies and what's their kind of um, 
you need, uh, what is it, like menu, you need to know their menu because if somebody has like a nut allergy or something like that, a sesame allergy, and they make something with sesame oil and it didn't cross their mind and now somebody is dead at your ceremony, you know, you want to, <laughs> you know, like you, you want to make sure you dot your I's and cross your T's. So I would say those things with your caterer, you want to make sure that you have transparency into um, the, men the menu, especially in an era of high allergen um, individuals and special dietary needs. Number two, their setup and takedown requirements in order to successfully um, execute for you. Three, the staffing that comes, you know, with this, is this um, a single person, a team of people? Are they serving? Are they dropping off and leaving? Those would be the primary things that I would um, focus on in my catering contract. I mean, I would want to understand uh, for my tasting, um, how, do, how does that work? I will say for my specific venue, um, if you were having, if your wedding was under 50 people, then you needed to pay an additional fee for your tasting. But if you were having a wedding over 50 people, then it was just included in the price of the, the actual catering. So th that would be something that I would want to follow up on too. It's like, what's the tasting policy X, Y, and Z. That makes sense. They just want to, I, I get it. Yeah. It all boils down to coins for them. You know? Yeah. Okay. So um, if a detail is incorrect on a contract, like the time of the event or the spelling of a last name, um, does that even matter? Yeah. Yeah. That All that matters because if you wanted your wedding to be at um, 11, but it says it's at one o'clock and now they put that in their system as one o'clock and now the morning is booked up for that room that's problematic you know um a lot of people have very similar names like you know if there is um a shayla and a shay lawson and now my contract has the wrong name you know like there are just too many no there's just too many variables if something is wrong those are details that should easily be fixed because most contracts are fill in the blank most most vendor contracts are fill in the blank so it takes nothing to correct the blank and i think that that's something that you might want to look at if your vendor isn't taking the time to ensure the details of my fill in the blank are correct are they going to pay attention to the details of my wedding oh that's like a drop Ooh. mic that's like, <laughs> that's a drop mic right there and walk away. <laughs> but that is true. That is very true. Like, if, if they're not going to pay attention to these details here, like, this is minor. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you going to yeah. do later on when, yeah. you know, we actually have the wedding day at bay? So, yeah, that, that was real good. Um, should brides request? To review the contract before sending deposits. Yeah, what you sending? What? What? Huh? No. Yeah, what you sending money for? We haven't. We haven't agreed to anything. <laughs> we have not agreed to anything. I don't owe you any money until we agree to something. We don't agree to something until an offer has been extended and I have accepted by signing my name. No, absolutely not, because. What now shady vendor X has now taken your thousand dollar deposit. What do you go to court and say, what is your, what is your response? What do you say? Where they're like, Oh, that was a gift. 
she cash she cash out that me for my birthday. She, you know, she gave that to me, you know, just as a <laughs> Corona love offering. You know, you have <laughs> nothing to really show that this is what you agreed on. This is why I'm giving you, you know, um, contracts are offer and acceptance. It's a meeting of the minds and offer and an acceptance. Um, when you're talking back and forth on email, you're getting to that meeting of the minds. Until you have an actual document, there is no offer for services. Absolutely do not, do not, do not give anybody your money before you get paperwork. All right. That's that's, that's real. Right. Because I think sometimes you could get excited and be like, oh, I really want to, you know, like vendor X sends over their PDF and it's like their little brochure of this is what I do. Here are my little packages. I prefer, you know, you could start this, this, this. You could pay me this way, this way, this way. You just like, ooh, I'm excited. Okay, what I need to do to book you? Sign the contract for is <laughs> what yeah. they is basically saying. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, there's no way. Like, I um, uh, Will Smith has a YouTube. I can't remember what what the name of the YouTube is, but he's talking about how he ended up getting uh, Fresh Prince and like how Quincy Jones like chased him down at like the Grammys or something like that. And they wanted him so bad that they found a lawyer to draw up the paperwork right then and there in the hotel room for him to sign. Like (laughs) when people, when somebody really wants your business and they're handling business appropriately, they want your dollars, they will get you that invoice quickly. They will get you that retainer, that contract quickly. Like, oh, yeah, let me, I'm going to sign you, you know, I'm going to sign everything over to you in the next 15, 20 minutes. Somebody should, if you are doing wedding as your business, all of these should be reusable, easy to fill out forms. There's no reason why you shouldn't, if if you tell me, yeah, Shay, I want to lock you in today. How can I get going? Like, I want to make sure that I don't miss out on this date. I should be able to get you this paperwork in an hour. Even if I'm not home or something like that, it should be like, you know what? Let me get to my desk and I'll send it to you later today. Let me get back to my laptop and I'll send it to you later today. There, there's, there's, ab- there's just absolutely no excuse don't let excitement you know get you out of money or get you scammed and the catch is especially in right now in the coronavirus with like all these um small business you know things people who have been doing business via cash app and zelle and stuff like that have no business records to show that this is how they've been getting income and so now they can't get a lot of the stimulus money you know, because they don't yeah. haven't been handling business as business. So yeah. then there's that. That's right. Oh, that is very true. Because I work for a marketing agency and they've been discussing the small business uh, stimulus package and all that. And, you know, like under 500 people, it's a forgivable um, loan and, you know, I mean, I I read up on it even before we started talking about it at work, but I thought like, oh, I bet you a bunch of wedding vendors could also try to hop on, on this. But I ain't think about that because you're right. There are some that are that try to push like because um, a lot of these like if they use some sort of service tool like a HoneyBook or 
aisle planner, like some of these tools, they have, of course, like a fee in it or whatever, like a 3% or 3.5% or whatever, like service fee. But they, sometimes they'll say, you can use Cash App if you want to like skirt around the fee. <laughs> it's like, okay. So then you send Cash App and you just put on here like heart in your comment. They can't take that back <laughs> and say that that heart was actually for you know, payments. And it's like, did you, <laughs> did you count that as income? You know what I mean? So it's like, that's a whole nother awesome. episode for a whole nother day. But it's like, you know, did you count True. this as income? So even if you got the money via Cash App or um, Venmo or whatever, yeah. did you yeah. turn around when it was tax time and count that money as income from your personal business? Because once you make a certain amount of money on those apps like PayPal, all of those, they'll send you a, a 1099. So did you do it? Yeah, did you do it? Oh. <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, back to the brides. Um, yeah. I, I would just say, yeah, don't, don't, don't in your excitement play yourself and get scammed. You absolutely need paperwork because you need to, even if it is just a deposit, you need to understand, just like I said in the beginning of the episode, you need to understand the terms of your deposit. Is it refundable? Is it partially refundable? Is it refundable after a certain amount of days? Should you change your mind? Because you could be excited today and see something else on Pinterest next week because Pinterest does that to you. You know, like, you know, you could go this place or that place and see what you were looking for or go to somebody else's event and their vendor absolutely knock it out the park and you want to go with them. So you don't want to sign or you don't want to send some money without signed paperwork. Yeah. Okay. What advice do you have for a bride that just got engaged and is beginning her vendor search process? Um, I'd say definitely explore all of your options. You know, Pinterest is your friend. Google is your friend. Google reviews are your friend. Um, I would say think outside of the box. Don't necessarily go to somebody who is a wedding blank. You might have gone to a baby shower that was well executed, a, a retirement party that was well executed, and that person might make more sense for your decor or your coordinator or your caterer or something like that. So I definitely say do that. I would say um, look at the hashtags when you're looking for your vendors, click the, you know, Black Bride, Atlanta florist, you know, like, um, do those. Um, I'm trying to think. I would say also when you're looking for your vendors, this more so goes to your dress and your venue. Um, clearly understand what you do and don't want prior to arrival, and that includes um, the emotional feel. So when you are dress shopping, do you want that really intimate, like, oh, I want my mom and my grandma here, like that kind of say yes to the dress kind of feel? Or do you want like a wide selection of dresses so that you can see multiple things? Um, so just know what you want ahead of time. Same thing with venue. You want to think about things such as the time of year, um, the weather, 
um, and also the time of day, because how will the lighting look on that, you know, during that particular time of day um, when you're looking at your venues and things like that, because some place could look completely different in the morning than it does in the afternoon based on like the sun and the shadows and all of that. And a place that you thought was really beautiful, you know, on a Saturday morning could look completely different Saturday evening, you know, when you have your, your event and now you're struggling with shadows for pictures and stuff like that so I would just say like go with a plan don't blindly go reaching because that's how you end up paying more than you anticipated that's when you end up feeling overwhelmed just like genuinely think about um, what you want and my last bit of advice would be like don't let social media set the standard for your wedding just because you see people with matching robes and destination this and customized dance floors and excellent don't feel pressure to have your wedding be all of that you and your fiance should have a quality conversation about what are the true intentions and values that you all want to shine through on that particular day i love it all great advice this was so great shay thank you yes yay thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you. We are not going to let you go just yet. Um, I'm going to move real quick into unsolicited advice. I do this every week. I provide advice to brides listening, grooms if you're listening, sometimes vendors every week that they didn't ask for because sometimes that happens when you get engaged, you get advice you didn't ask for. And my advice is, you know, how... A lot of times uh, couples will do a memorial table or a memorial section to kind of commemorate those that, you know, who have passed away that would they would have loved to have been there. But one thing you can also do is do a love table where you celebrate the love um, of the different relationships that have essentially created the foundation that is you and your partner. So Aww. maybe it's, um, pictures of like your mom and dad if they're married or like um, step parents or like grandparents or aunts and uncles oh, or that's close family friends. My husband was just talking yeah. about like how important community was to like making him exactly. ready for marriage. That's so awesome. That's such a cool idea. I'm about to tell him as soon as we get off. <laughs> that's such a cool idea. Yes. <laughs> hey, take that idea. Like, I mean, I think uh, definitely celebrating those and, you know, commemorating the course those family members and close friends that you wish were there but that have passed on but also celebrating those that are there and you know those relationships and those um journeys of love that kind of essentially brought the two of you together and maybe if you even want to include like close friends or family members or like I mean, you could go as far as like extending this to everybody in your wedding part or wedding guests, rather, depending on how many people you're inviting to your wedding. Um, but I just, you know, wanted to actually provide a solid piece of advice for one week. But yeah, we've been, my fiance and I have been considering something like that. Um, also, because like his mom's maiden name is Love. So oh, I think, you know, just okay. tying in like the, the, the love. Is she through, related like, to the Virginia loves? That's a very good question. I have no idea. Oh, okay. 
What y'all y'all family or something? No, no, no. But you know the loves are a big a big deal in Virginia. That's why the state motto is Virginia's for lovers. Like that's the love family is a really oh, big deal. Oh, I had no idea. I knew about Virginia's for lovers, but I didn't know that yeah. there was actually like a like a familial tie there or something. Yeah, it's I'm like the the loves and the lovings. It's like the loves and the lovings are the same family. And I oh, want to, wow. and I want to say that they were the first like biracial couple. Oh, okay. okay. So I remember like that movie that came out a few years ago about like the um, it it was I think the movie was called Loving with like the it was a black lady and a white guy and yeah, they yeah, got yeah. married. Oh, that's real. Okay. They're real people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't realize it was a movie. They're okay. real people. And yeah, the families, you know how like names are, what do you call it? Like branch off from each other. So the love love and lovings are the same family. Oh, oh wow. Didn't I know that? Uh-uh. Okay. So now I'm going to ask <laughs> tonight. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Things, nice. Yeah, just learning things all around. Okay. So. Exactly. Uh, wedding vendor time. Mm-hmm. So we are going to move into the wedding vendor love. And Shay, I'm going to have you go first. Woo! All right. So I want to <laughs> shout out all of my vendors. So um, my, my venue, which I said absolutely sweet. Like they are just like the sweetest people ever. It is um, the richest resort at Lake Chattoog really really awesome place like the, everybody there when you talk about some place that makes you feel like family like that's them they're always excited to see us very accommodating um it's really beautiful it's a small property that sits on a lake in a mountain valley um and i found them mm-hmm. on here comes the guide and they they're doing the catering there my photographer is Jackson Photo Group, um, owned by Jack Manning, um, Jack Manning the Third, and he's throughout my entire. Just like I said, he's somebody I know from Hampton. He's done all my professional headshots. He did our engagement shoot, and he's also our wedding photographer. The makeup artist, the makeup artist that did my um, engagement shoot, her name is actually Ashley Gray, and her Instagram is Makeup by Gray. But um, the friend that I mentioned earlier, who's um, from Trinidad and who does, who will do my makeup for the wedding, she is so Siobhan, and she's so Siobhan on Instagram. And then the videographer that I really, really wanted to use, um, but he was unavailable, is um, Champagne Noop. And his uh, thing is Champagne Love Stories, and he was he was unavailable. And um, y'all need to get y'all y'all coins together for him. But he's <laughs> he's 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 uh, worth the money. Hold on, babe. What's Luke's Instagram? Oh, okay. I'll have to send y'all our um, videographer who was available on this day. Is actually a good friend of my husband's, and um, his okay. name is yeah. Okay, I'll get you his social media afterwards for our videographer. And I think okay. if, I think that's everybody. Oh, I got my dress from um, Anya Bridal. Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. My, <laughs> my, <laughs> and and um, my alterations were um, done by KT Bridal. And my preservation and dry cleaning was done by the professional cleaners of Sandy Springs. And the owner's name is David. That's what I told you does the preservation for like the Titanic and the Vatican and all that. And he's 
phenomenal. Awesome. Nice. Y'all, y'all need I'm to definitely just... here. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ashley. Oh, yeah. Well, Tania's about to say, like, what, take notes and, like, get down all these vendors because they are, yes. like, <laughs> Yes. I was going to say I'm just here for the fact that you have a videographer because I keep, I feel like people are not getting videographers. Like, well, why not? people are just being fine with because folks think that they can just have a photographer and that's it. Mm-mm. No, I need footage. Right. Mm-hmm. Crazy to I me mean, too. Crazy to I think me you too. Need, you need to see the right video to be like, whoa, I need somebody to capture yeah. like the emotion. Yeah, pictures are cool. But to kind of capture yeah. like the emotion in videos, I definitely think that that's like a top... If there are things when you, if you are a bride and you're trying to figure out where your budget is going to go or what you really want to spend money on, like to me, I would splurge on your videographer and your photographer because those are going to be the only things that you can take away from that day. Like nobody cares about your program. Nobody cares if you have menu. Nobody cares about your table tents. Nobody cares about your silverware, your chargers, none of that. Like, so (laughs) save the money on that stuff and, and pay for the people who produce the memories. Yeah, I agree. And the food. And the food. Because I will drag you for some terrible food. Like, <laughs> what is it? Like that show that Four Weddings? This yes. food was terrible. I yes. was starving. Right. I ate before I came. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, my gosh. There's always somebody complaining about the food on that show. It's like, mm, I didn't like what she had at, during the cocktail hour. Then why'd you... Girl, oh, here's here's thing. something different that we did that I would I, that I'm glad that we did that a lot of people you know get wedding favors and they leave them at the table at the reception or whatever. But then you know a lot of people just forget about them or leave them behind or you know whatever. So we sent out our favors with our invitations. Ooh, because you're paying extra for the postage anyway. So yeah, we we put our favors. We had a mag. We had magnets and coasters, and we put them in the invitation. Nice. Ooh. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say my um my vendor really quick. All right. So my wedding vendor for this week is. She actually creates bouquets for brides. Um, she's based out of Atlanta. Uh, her Instagram is Bell Lux Bouquets. And going through her Instagram, the bouquets that she creates are very, very pretty. Her name is, hopefully I'm not messing it up, Mandrisa. Um, and again, she's based out of Atlanta. So you can find her on Instagram. You can also find her on her website. I don't know it right now, but I will go ahead and make sure all the information is in our description box or wherever. It'll never be there, but... I, I know, I know, and I keep saying it. <laughs> It'll be on the Instagram. Yes, It'll it be is. on Instagram. I, yeah. Okay, so you said she does bouquets, like, the, the bouquets. Are they silk, uh-huh. or are they, like, real flowers? Like, is she not doing centerpieces and arches? Is she <laughs> like, not a florist? She just, she just does bouquets. Yeah. Yeah, so she, um, and so I... Th- I think she does a mixture of silk and then also real flowers. No, but she um, actually designs the bouquet holders and also I think she puts the bouquets together. Um, so definitely look at, nice. at her work. Yes, yeah, she does corsages and everything. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Cool. 
So my vendor is Sweet Brown Sugar Bakery and Cafe. It is a Black-owned establishment in Grayson, Georgia. Um, I've been there before multiple times. Well, no, I've actually technically been there once, but I've had their food multiple times. Very good desserts, um, wide arrangement of stuff, amazing tomato soup. I know that's not wedding related, or it could be, depending on what your wave is. But um, they also, of course, offer like wedding cakes and things like that. And um, so, yeah, definitely hit them up, especially if you are in the Grayson, Loganville, Lawrenceville, Snellville area um, in this time of supporting small black businesses. I'm sure they have limited hours. You can go up there, get you something sweet, and then go back to the house, wash your hands. <laughs> All that stuff. Um, Shay, thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the show with us tonight. Um, sorry this ran long, but that is also a sign of a good conversation. So yes. hopefully you agree there. But um, please let people know where they can find you, what you're up to, if they want to know more. Like, Yeah. Where um, to go. You can follow me online everywhere at Shay M. Lawson, S-H-A-Y-M as in Mary, L-A-W-S-O-N. So I'm Shay M. Lawson on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on YouTube. I host a podcast called Minute of Your Time that is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And it is a, uh, a show that helps entrepreneurs legally protect their passion and profit. So if you are listening to this and you enjoy the gym, that I dropped today. The podcast, every episode is full of those. And I always have cool templates and freebies and downloadables um, that people can snag. Actually, this week's freebie is a non-payment email template. So if you have a client that hasn't paid you and you have an open invoice for them, just uh, I give some best practices on tracking down your money and securing the bag. So that is it. I love it. Yes. Okay now. And I we haven't had a person come on the show that's been on Twitter, so I'm actually excited because <laughs> I, I too am Twitter. on Twitter. I love Twitter. <laughs> um so actually no, okay, you're the second. I just thought about it. But still the fact that you're the second out of like thirty plus interviews. Um yes. I love Twitter too. <laughs> it is it is a it is a place. Oh um, Tania, where can they find us? All right, so you can find us on com, but we are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and you can find all of our socials there. I really don't feel like going through everything, mm-hmm. but you can find us at com and then wed on Instagram, and there you'll be able to find both me and Ashley, and then everything else you want to um, look for or know of us. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Podcast fatigue. Oh, we all at that point where it's like we're gonna go straight to the kitchen. Uh, thank you so much, Shay, again for coming on the show and talking to us tonight. We are really excited about. Well, we're happy that you just actually got married, but we are yes. excited to. Um, know that you have plans in the work for uh, September and definitely after you've had your September ceremony, we would love to get you back on the show and know how it was. And yeah, you, you have gyms, you have gyms. Yeah. 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 You guys should talk to more. 
you guys should talk to more wives to give because hindsight is always 2020 right (laughs) so i would talk to people who have done this and it's like i wish i'd done this or hey this happened perfectly so i would solicit for for more um wives yes definitely especially during this time frame where Mm I know, Tania, you busy, but I got more time, and I'm sure folks at home probably got time, too, so I can book up April. (laughs) 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 We're going to get April booked up, girl, but (laughs) you have a great night. Thank you so much again. Um, Yes, thank you so much. Bye.